Hebrews. And for the last two weeks, I believe, we've been talking about how to rid yourself of or letting go of your emotional baggage or emotional strongholds. And the reason why I say it's a stronghold because it's something that you've been trying to shake, but it won't leave. So therefore, it becomes a stronghold. Amen. And so now, um, once you, we, we looked at the psalmist. The psalmist said, my, my tears became my food all day long. I don't know about you. But he says, my longing for God overpowered my emotions. Amen. They were in Babylon. But now we're going to fast forward. We're going to get into, uh, into the New Testament. So open your Bibles. And I want to stay in Ephesians 4. I'm going to close out this emotional baggage piece because there's a few more things we want to check in and release but I believe the emotional baggage is, and strongholds are the, the strongest of all of them amen so um, how many been helped by the series so far amen anybody been helped how you know you're changing all right, okay, all right. Go on and testify then. Amen. My attitude, my heart. Come on. When you want to do something, you come on, somebody. When you should do something, you don't. My goodness. Amen. So so we know the word has the answer. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 22, if you stand for the reading of God's word. Ephesians chapter 4, I want to read from verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 20. Verse 20. Look what he says. He says, but you did not learn Christ in this way. Tells you there's another way, right? Isn't that something? If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. Verse 22. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self. Come on, help me somebody. Which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. I want to talk about this morning. Letting go of your emotional strongholds, part three. Um, as I told you, last couple of weeks, we, we were in it. We looked at it. Uh, we saw and we've discovered thus far that emotions and emotional strongholds uh, can be passengers for a long time. Uh, some of us um, don't really realize that our emotional strongholds are rooted, listen to this, they are rooted in our old life. Now, I'm not going to get too technical, but uh, because there's a lot of technical talk in this verse but I will say this you have to remember that 
a lack of growth spiritually. Okay? Positionally, you're saved. But progressively, you have to be growing. You with me? So it's, 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 it's kind of like Lot. Right? I keep going back to Lot because Lot's my point of reference here, right? Lot was righteous, but he liked living in the world. He loved the world more than he loved church. So he wasn't really growing. And everything that he learned, the moment he learned it, he went back into the world and then zapped him. Went right back to being the same. It's possible to repeat your first year of being saved every year because you see no progress. You see, the word has the answer, but it's the application of the word, amen, that really changes your life. One of the reasons that, that we stay with our emotional strongholds without an active pursuit of understanding, sanctification, separation, and spiritual maturity, that's the reason we stay the same. I'm going to say it one more time. Understanding, sanctification, separation, and spiritual maturity is how you change. But the lack of that, amen, is how you stay the same. Now, when the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, new things have come. It literally means that you are definitely a new person the moment you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and accept Jesus Christ into your heart. But the question I have today is, how many of you here today are ready to let go of your emotional strongholds? You see, Paul, in this text, in this particular passage, is trying to help a church. This is what you call an epistle. It's a letter. It's a letter that's written to a particular church because there was a particular issue in that church. If you go to the book of Revelation, you'll find that the first three chapters, what Jesus was doing when he was John got the revelation that Jesus was writing to these different churches and each church had an issue. It's like I told you before, I don't know if I told you before, but every church has a spirit. Amen. Every church has a particular culture. Amen. And so what was happening in this church in particular, there were Jews and there were Gentile believers. They were mixing together. Both of them were coming from a background, watch this, that were opposite of each other. And what Paul was doing with this particular book, he was writing, and it echoes throughout this book, he was talking about unity. He was saying, listen, we can't unify if we're divided. Amen. Amen. So there was division, there was diversity, there was dissension, but there was also the doctrinal duty. He says, no matter what background you came out of, you know why, why some of us carry certain emotional baggage? Because we're coming from a different background. Come on, help me somebody. 
We, we're coming from a different background. We're coming from different situations. And we, when we grew up, we handled situations a certain kind of way or we responded a certain kind of way. So therefore, now what he's dealing with, he's dealing with, watch this, people who had differences of opinion, opinions, but they had emotional feelings towards one another. So Paul tells, tells them they got to go from doctrine to duty. They have to go from principle to practice. They have to go from position to behavior. I'm going to say it one more time. He told them they got to go from doctrine to duty. In other words, don't just hear the word, do it. Don't go, just catch the principle, practice it. Don't just go from position, behave a certain kind of way. And in reference to their former life, verse 17, look at verse 17. He says, he says, verse 17, so this I say and affirm together with the Lord. Watch this. He says that you no longer walk just as what? The Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Now, this struck me because I'm saying to myself, Paul, <laughs> did you just hit the, the Gentiles? Like, they're in the church. <laughs> what about the Jews? Like, what, what was the Jews' problem? The Jews' problem was they knew the Lord, but they didn't have no power. They were in church, but they weren't changing. Lord have mercy. But at least the Gentile can say, man, we just rugged with this thing. We, we rough. We come up on the rough side of the mountain. You understand what I'm saying? So we, our, our excuse is no excuse. But here's the thing. He said, look, don't walk like them in futility of their mind. Watch their problem, verse 18. He says, being darkened in their what? Understanding. Are you seeing this? Here's what I'm saying, saints. It's amazing to me how many believers can't practice what they hear every Sunday. But well, he says the Gentiles, they were darkening their understanding. Watch this. Excluded from what? From the life of God. He's saying, listen, your, your, your life before and your life now is different. And if you're a Jew, pay attention. And if you're a Gentile, pay close attention to understand what your real condition was before you got saved. Are you following me? What was our life like before Jesus, y'all? We were here. We were darkening. Our, listen, we used to go to church. Some of us be like, what in the world is he talking about? You know what I found out about people who come to church who have a darkened understanding? They just want emotion. They want messages that make them feel good and not, watch this, not move them to want a better relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what's happening here. Amen. And you got to watch out what you gravitate to. See, this, see, the preaching of God's word is like medicine. See? Watch this. Watch, watch the text. Watch the text. Watch this, okay? He says what? Uh, excluded from a life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the what? Hardness of their heart. Verse 19, he says, and they have become callous and have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of immorality, impurity, and greediness. 
Whoa, he went hard, didn't he? He went hard on the Gentiles. He said, listen, in respects to your former man of life, don't, this, ain't, this ain't what I taught you, but this is what you came. Some of the emotional things that we struggle with is from that life. But the question is, when are we going to be delivered? Like, when, when are we going to actually stop putting those labels on ourselves and saying, I'm an angry person. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a this person. I'm not a that person. I've been scarred. I've been hurt. Listen, I get it. I, I understand it. But Paul says you can't use that anymore. He says your former manner of life. Amen. Now, listen, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to come up short. Come on, somebody. But I'm ready to let go of some of these emotional strongholds that has me bound. Sometimes I act like I'm still, watch this, uh, in denial. Sometimes I still walk around like I don't know God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And what Paul is saying, no, nah, that ain't y'all. Because y'all had a good teacher. You with me? Watch the text. Watch the text. Now, stay with me now. Watch this now. Look what he says. Look what he says. He says in verse, now we move into our verse. Verse 20. He says, but you did not learn Christ. In this way. Now, saints, I got a revelation for you. I want not no new revelation, just something that's been revealed from the text. Something here that's interesting. Pay attention to this. Problem with most people today is they want to, listen to me real good. They want to learn stuff about God. Okay? but they don't want to learn about Jesus. That's what the problem is. They want to learn doctrine, so they want to learn how to handle my finance. Come to church. This ain't no seminar. When you come to church, it ain't a seminar thing, y'all. We're preaching in the, in the presence of angels. God's power and his presence is in this church right now. You could decide today whether or not you're going to stay the same or you're going to leave here transformed. But see, what Paul is telling them, I didn't teach you Christ like this. I didn't teach y'all to be divided. I didn't teach y'all to want the world. I didn't teach y'all all that. He says, I taught you correctly. But here's the thing. You didn't learn about who? Christ. So you and I got to ask yourself a question. When we come to church every week, what are we coming for? Are we coming to get more information about Jesus? Or are we just coming to get a message just to make me feel good? Watch this. Watch this. Don't just learn doctrine. Learn about Jesus. 
And watch this. He has all the answers to your emotional baggage. He's the only one that can set you free. So how do we let go of our emotional baggage? First thing we got to do is this. First thing we got to do is actively. Okay, 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 okay. Can I ask you a question? What kind of learner have you been? I'm sorry, what have you been learning? It's been 10 months and you've been to church two times in 10 months. Well, what did you learn? Watch this. If it's just application and not sound doctrine, it will fail you every time. I know Michael Todd may sound cool and he may sound fly and he may pop out a few things and make you feel good, but is it doctrine? Is it Bible? I don't want to call no other names. I'm sorry. I didn't mean me want to call names. Joel Osteen, things like that, you know. Check this out. If my Christian living is not quite inevitable to me, and if I'm always fighting against it and struggling and trying to get out of it and wondering why it's so hard, it means that you're not living for Jesus. Envying the people who are still back in the world, watch this, and there's something radically wrong with your Christian life. Therefore, if I'm failing in my Christian life, what should trouble me is not that I am, watch this, that I'm failing or that I have a problem, but that I've failed God And his important purpose for me. There are, there are believers who are fighting the Christian life. They can't handle this kind of teaching. Listen, many of us have not really been exposed to right teaching. Watch this. We should want more of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We should want more. We should want to know more. Watch this. We, 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 we live with our emotional strongholds and think it's right, watch this, to be angry, bitter, watch this, and practicing every kind of impurities because what we're learning is not lining up with God's word. To actively pursue a relationship with Jesus means you want to know more of him. Oh, saints. I'm seeing it very clearly. I've seen it so clearly. The reason why I'm still walking around with the stuff in my life is because I've been getting the wrong information. I've been drawn just to motivation. I've been drawn just to, you see what I'm saying? There comes a point where you need to start learning about deeper things of God. Come on, somebody. And I want to say this. You know where you get that information? Bible study. Amen. Listen, some of you, I don't see you in Bible study. Ouch. Amen or thank you. You go ahead and say it. 
Amen. You can't catch a ride. You can't do nothing. But guess what? Wednesday night is where you grow. Wednesday night is where you cultivate and where you get better information. But watch this. When you're actively pursuing a relationship with Christ, he will take that heavy load. Watch the text. Watch the text now. He says, verse 21. Well, I just want to ask. He says, you did not learn Christ this way. I got 18 minutes. Watch this. You did not learn Christ this way. So what did it tell, what's, what's it telling you? At some point, you got to stop and evaluate. Let me ask you a question. Do you see any change? Do you see anything moving in your life? Do you see yourself changing? I mean, you really changing? Come on, somebody. And you can't, listen, you can say amen, but I'm saying you really see the change. And that's something you know wouldn't, you would not have done had it not been for the right kind of what? Teaching. And God. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 21. Watch verse 21. He says, if, 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 the if there is in the first class condition, that's if and it is true. Okay? Watch this now. Watch this now. But look what he says. He says, if indeed you have what? Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. If indeed you have what? Heard him and have been what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got it. I got it. Look at the text. If indeed you have what? You can't hear something that ain't never preached. All that show shabba doo boo 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 stuff. In the name of Jesus. That ain't even in the Bible. The stuff you're talking about ain't there. And that's what happens to people. That's what the devil is doing today. The deception is here, y'all. Listen, this is the time that the enemy is sweeping over the world with deception. And he wants you to ride on somebody who comes looking the part, but they're not the part because they're not living it. He says, if indeed, if it's true, you have what? I ain't never heard about what you're talking about. Some of you, the first, this is the first time you heard this. Look what he says next. He says, if you've heard and what? And have been what? Ha! You got to come to Bible study. You can't come on, to, on Sunday and think that your life is going to change miraculously all of a sudden. Listen, we make the sack, we watch the world, see, we stay up till midnight. And we know some of you don't even like the Astros. You just, yeah, home team. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I have my T-shirt on, everything. 
But look, I went to bed at a decent time because I know what I had to do this morning. But watch, watch this. If you have been taught, let me show you something. Let me show you something. If you've really been taught in him, give me the point. Give me the point. Give me the point. Give me the point. What the point say? When you leave here today, you could take this. And it would be easy for you to just put it in your life. It just becomes part of you. Prayer becomes part of you. Come on, somebody. Praise becomes part of you. Come on, somebody. Rejoicing becomes part of you. You can read the word of God and say, God, I understand what pastor said because watch this. I see it in the word of God and Jesus said it. And when Jesus says it, oh, you can live it, y'all. But see, I have assurance that I'm saved. But I have assurance that I don't have to carry this emotional baggage no more. Why? Because I have a new life. Because before I didn't care about the word. I didn't care about none of this stuff. Listen, now I love coming to the church. I love worshiping God. I love sitting under his word because I'm saved. That's your assurance. So stop letting people let you think that nothing really. Listen, if I listened to my family, if I was to wait on them to say if I was saved or not. Who are you doing it for? Do it for you. It doesn't matter what they say. Oh, ain't nothing wrong. You, you the same person I met. No, you don't know me like that. I got a new life, y'all. How many you got a new life? Listen, time out for just emotional experience. Now it's time for healing, hearing, and teaching. Write it down. Healing, hearing, and teaching. Hearing in the gospel. That's why I said, if indeed you have heard, you know what Paul say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But notice that he says the subject, watch this. You ready for this? Jesus is the school. He's the teacher and he is the subject of instruction. So when you enter into crisis school, you'll change. God will heal you. He'll take all that pain that you got because he understands and he knows everything about you. But can I tell somebody something? If you can't apply the simplest things from the word of God, how then can you really say that you're growing, that you're learning, that you're transforming? Saints, listen to me. It's like going to the doctor Getting the prescription, but never going to the pharmacy to fill the prescription. And you walk around, I got the prescription. I got it. I know what I got to do. And then here's what it's like too. It's like going to the pharmacy, giving the prescription, filling the prescription, and then they give you the wrong pills. But in your mind, you think you're healing because you're in the house. And you pop in the pill. But guess what? You don't see no change. You don't see no transformation. You're the same person. But then you realize you took the pill back to the doctor. Say, doc, something ain't going wrong. And then the doctor said, hey, this ain't what I prescribed. 
I believe that's how Christians are, you know. Like we fool ourselves. Like we, we really fool ourselves into believing things that ain't true. Like the doctor said, this ain't what I prescribed. God said, this ain't what I prescribed you. Forgive your brother. Come on, somebody. Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Come on, somebody. Do unto others as they do unto you. Watch this. Feed the hungry. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Serve God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Saints, this is not a seminar. You know what this is right now? You know what's happening right now? Write this down. Put it in block letters in your, in your, in your notes. Surgery. And I'm your doctor. And Jesus is your doctor. And he ain't never lost a patient. Come on and help me somebody. And every time you come under the word of God, he opens you up. Come on somebody. He gets down to the areas of your life. For the word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of your heart. In other words, the word of God is good for the physical part of you. That's the marrow. It's good for the non-material part of you. That's your soul. But it's also good for your mind. That's the psychological part of you. So the word is really what changes you. Really what it is. It's the word. He said, if you have heard. But the assurance, you know what assurance is, right? It's not insurance. Insurance gives you assurance. What it does. It does. It gives you assurance. Like you, your mind is clear. You're clear. You're like, oh, I ain't got to worry about that. And that's really what it's all about. When you apply the word, when you see yourself really like you stop lying, you stop cussing, you stop. I mean, you do. You stop doing things that you used to do. Watch this. That you had a hard time getting rid of those emotional things, those strongholds that you had in your life. And then all of a sudden you, you see yourself, you don't need marijuana to, to be happy, to have a clear mind. I found out people smoke to get a clear mind. It's called a clear mind high. They can focus on their job real good. They can do everything. That's why they get high. I used to think, man, how can you smoke and go to work? It's because they need a clear mind. I done stepped tall right there. But that's what people do. They rely on things to make them better. But listen, if you rely on God, rely on his word. Come on, somebody. If you just trust him. Listen, take the training wheels off your Christian life. Come on, you've been a Christian too long. Come on now. It's time for you to go down that road by yourself. You may be a little wobbly going down there. But guess what? All of a sudden, you're going to catch your balance. Because you're being taught correctly. Watch, 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 watch this though. 
See, being taught correctly is one thing, but watch this, though. Watch what he says. He says, if indeed you've heard and been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus. Listen, and I, and I got to give you this. Um, always evaluate. Check the point. Is the teaching and the what? And the what? So quit blaming it on the past. See, <laughs> it ain't just the preacher. And some of you done had some church hurts. Man, forget that. Move on. You're still emotionally disturbed by that. Man, bro, move on. You know why? Because now you got truth. Now you're standing and sitting on the truth. Listen, listen, listen to this. Evaluate what you're learning. But evaluate what you're being what? What you're being taught and make sure it's in accordance with truth. Watch this. You take love from truth. The result, you know what the result is? Bitterness. Truth remains, but it's proclaimed in such an unpleasant, harsh manner. Gosh, Listen, I could preach any subject if it's truth and it's done through love. See, it has to be wrapped up in love. Jesus is love. Listen, if, if, if it's self-centered, and deceitful because, watch this, because it promises joy but fails to provide it, it's false teaching. Oh, that preach. Then you know it's not truth. And watch this, and then you will stay the same. Just because it's wrapped up in good sounding words and stuff like that doesn't mean it's truth. Don't just, don't just blame the preacher. Look at the man in the mirror. Are you with me? You have to just, watch this. Some of us are justifying our baggage based on bad theology. Bad doctrine. I said, Lord, why you got me here? He said, this is why I want you. He said, what you have to tell my people is this. You have to tell them that, listen, if you are not evaluating what you're learning, don't blame the preacher. You are just as responsible. Oh, the choir just didn't sing so good today. You know, but, but the word has to be evaluated. Not just the teaching, but the learning. Am I getting this? Am I getting this? Am I learning? Am I really changing? Watch this. You ready? Watch, this. watch, watch what he says next. Now, now, this part is deep right here. I saved the best part for last. He says that in reference to what? <laughs> that you what? Yeah. All right, so 
what he's talking about here, he's talking about when he says your former manner of life, he's talking about the way you used to act. How many of you still see some of that? All right, now look. I got two minutes, 26 seconds. Watch this. Um, you ready? Stop blaming everybody for your actions. You are responsible. You just made a choice. You know what choice meant? You made a choice to act like the old you. Now watch this. Watch this. The, the, word there, the word there is ethos. And he's not just talking about your conduct, but he's also talking about your moral conduct. conduct. But watch this. The root word here means to turn upside down. In Paul's previous life, he used to persecute the church. In Paul's previous life, come on somebody, he used to be, amen, a, a, a persecutor of Christians. But now, he's an apostle and a prisoner for Christ. See, his behavior of the past Amen. Was no longer evident in his present because he understood I had to stop desiring the old life and envying the old life so that I could live in the present. And so the point is this. At some point, at some point, at some point. See, here's the thing. If you leave today and you apply it, that's one thing. But if you keep applying it and you're not seeing any progress. Oh, come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. We go home and we're the same, man. Like... We're, that's why breakthrough was so important. That's why it was so important for you to go back on Monday and listen to the message again. We, we got our breakthrough through that because God is showing you something. You can't learn something in 36 minutes. You can't grab all of this in 36 minutes, right? I can't preach it all in 36 minutes. But the point is, Paul is saying, listen, in, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside... It's the taking off of one thing and it's the putting on of something else. And we'll deal with that in the weeks to come. But he says the old what? Self. You know what the word self means there? Anthropos. It means you as a person are responsible. Stop blaming everybody for your strongholds. Stop blaming everybody for your emotional mess because they're not the problem. The problem is you're a new creature, but you keep going back to the old self. But check this out. Check this out. He says the old self, which is being what? Corrupted. The word, the word being is in the present tense. Aris tense, actually. And, and what it is, it's the aris active. And what it means is it keeps going like this. 
It's like it, the, the action, every time you pick up the old self, it keeps on moving. It keeps you in the same place. That's why we don't see no change. That's why we don't see nothing moving. Because the old self is being corrupted, watch this, according with the lust of what? Deceit. You know what it is? It's passionate delusion. Emotional baggage fueled by passionate delusion. If you're laying aside the old self, it means that something new has to be replaced. So in other words, you have a choice. And my last point is this. You have to actively break ties with your what? There's other men in the world. <laughs> All right, let me see. But it's the lust, the delusion. The, 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 the devil makes you think you can't, you can't go forward. You Come on, this is the best you can do. See, this is, this is the old self talking right here. Old self is telling you, man, you can't go forward. You, 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 you're going to be the same. You're always going to be the same. But he says, if you're laying aside the old self, it means that the choice you make now today is this. Why am I depressed? It's a choice. Why am I not changing? It's a choice. Why am I staying the same? It's a choice. Why can't I move forward in my life? It's a choice. Listen, Satan has us in this delusional mindset where he got us believing, come on somebody, that we'll always be the same. You got to remember something. The old life will always be a passenger. Listen to me real good. But you have to put him in the trunk. Listen to me. The old life is always going to be a passenger because you have the flesh and you got the spirit. You got the flesh and you got the spirit. They're gonna, he's he's going to be a passenger, but you got to take him from being a passenger and put him in the trunk like your spare tire. I wish I had somebody. But you always got to remember, he's trying to get out. He's trying to give you a flat so that you can go and say, no, I need you. I want to tell somebody something. <laughs> you better stop opening the trunk of your life and pulling out the old life. We want to pray everything away. <laughs> and then we don't see the change, so we fall right back into the old ways. To put off means you're literally doing the work. You recognize, you remember, you remove those things that you were bound to, those emotional damage, the things from your former life. You gotta break and run. You gotta break free. You gotta leave it behind. You gotta stop bringing it up. You gotta let it go. You gotta run. You gotta run. You got to move because the devil is on your trail. But you got to remind the devil that he is defeated. Stop and tell your neighbor, neighbor, take action now.
decide. People keep telling you that you're the problem. Take off it. Take it off. Lay it aside. The old you. And see if the problem is really you. Ask yourself a question. Who really shows up every week? Who really shows up when you leave church? Is it the new you or is it the old you? Give God a praise this morning. Tell him thank you this morning. I'm releasing myself. I'm letting go, Lord. I'm no longer holding on to this emotional stronghold. It's a choice. It's a choice. There's no way we should be the same. There's no way we could come to a church like this every week, week in, week out. We have no joy. We have no peace. I know the devil's going to attack you, but you got to get stronger. You got to get wiser. You got to get better. You have to take that word that you're listening to. Shut off all that mess and listen to the word of God and you will change, saints. My pastor preached life back into me. When I came to church, I was a dead man. Dead. And that's why I stay grateful. And I stay humble. Because I ain't got nothing to brag about. I ain't got nothing to brag about. Saints, you got all this emotional baggage because you will not, you don't want the right teaching. Some people are fighting the teaching. They're fighting it. They're fighting it. They're fighting the teaching. They want, they want a better life, but they want it to be like a quick fix. You got to come do the work. When you move into a new house that someone lived in before, it's your house, even though the owners are no longer there. The old people who were there may have been dirty, despicable, filthy, and unclean. The house may have reflected who they were, but now you purchase it. Come on, somebody. And the home that you're in now is clean. You're concerned about, and you remove the dust, you sweep the floor, you clean the dishes, you paint the walls, you move into the house, and because you're there, the house takes on a different appearance. Grass is cut, carpet is clean. Why? Because a new person has moved into the old house. Well, before you met Christ, the old person was living in that house called your body. But now that Jesus had moved in, it's the same body, but you got a new resident. And the new resident is holy, he's clean, he's pure, he's righteous. So even though he's living in that old house, 
can make it look good again. Even though he's living in that old house, he can paint it up again. Even though he's living in that old house, he can clean it up. He can fix the carpet. He can hang new drapes. Why? Because your bodily house has changed. But because someone new has moved in, Christ has moved in. So stop keeping him from painting and fixing and cleaning and transforming because you want to be the old house. That's it. I'm done. I ain't got no more. Join me next week, though. Are we walking down this verse, this chapter? It was so clear to me. I say this all the time. Do I want to be a popular preacher? Or do I want to be an impactful preacher? Do I want to preach to impress or do I want to preach so that people's lives will be transformed? Well, look around. But I'll say this. The few people that God has changed in this church, it was worth it. Every attack from the enemy every demonic activity that he tried to do, all the stuff that he's tried to do to me to stop me from standing on the word of God through frustration, through disappointment, through accusations, through whatever the case may be, I made a decision that I love God's people more, that I'm willing to stand on God's word and teach you the truth rather than blow smoke up your nose and, and give you a pipe dream that you will never achieve. So yeah, if I got to call you out, I'll call you out. But I'm going to do it in love. But I want to say to somebody here today, You're struggling with truth. But you've been in church a long time, but you have to change. You can't pray it away. You have to apply. Okay, so what I'm saying is you can't just take it and write it down and then you ain't walking it out. So therefore, you have to walk it out in your everyday life. Prayer just gives you just the, the passion and the fuel to go forward, but you, you cannot do it without.